0: Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG, and I'm Eric Clayton. I remember the first time I was introduced to Father Bill Berry's work. I was an undergraduate student at Fairfield University and in spiritual direction. My spiritual director had asked me a seemingly simple question. Who is God for me? I stammered and stumbled, and my Jesuit friend gets up and goes to his bookshelf. He comes back, passing this very slim volume to me, and says, read the first two chapters before the next time we meet. The book was God and You, Prayer as a Personal Relationship, and the author of the book was Father Bill Barry. Father Barry passed away late in 2020, the age of 90 years old. His final book, God's Great Story in You, was published earlier this year, 2021, by Loyola Press. It serves as a kind of pulling together of all of Father Barry's thinking throughout his long career as a spiritual director, author, and Jesuit priest. But he never loses sight of his key thesis. God desires to be in a relationship with each of us, to be our close and very dear friend. To talk about this final book, I invited Father Jim Martin and Vanita Wright onto the podcast. Father Jim was a longtime friend of Father Barry. Father Jim’s own writing and prayer life were very much shaped by Father Barry’s work and mentorship. Vanita is an editor at Loyola Press and she’s been editing Father Barry’s books, including this final one, for a very long time. Both bring wonderful insights to Father Barry’s life, his work, and his legacy. I’d like to share one final story before we get started. Each week I send out these email reflections, and unbeknownst to me, Father Barry was on the receiving end of these emails. I sent an email to my list about six months or so before he passed away with a very simple message. The subject line read, God delights in you. Father Barry responded. He wrote, thanks for your regular emails, but especially for this one. I hope this one's message hits a lot of people. I'm struck by his simple, straightforward words. His concern, even near the end of his life, that people know that God delights in them. So I hope you take that sentiment with you as we begin this conversation. Remember, God delights in you. Father Jim Martin, Venita Wright, thank you for being with us today on AMDG. Welcome. Pleasure. Thank you. So uh, let's let's get right into it. We're talking about Father Bill Barry, uh, who's a, a spiritual giant. Um, but but some folks may not be as familiar with him, um, or may just have a little bit of, of insight into his work. So I wonder if you if you each might just um, you know from your own reflections tell tell us who was Father Barry uh, for you? What kind of legacy does he leave behind? Uh, why don't we start with Vanita?
1: Okay, and I'll have a shorter answer because I have known him not as long. Jim has known him for a long time. Um, I just have uh, learned to know Father Barry through editing his books. However, when I went into training to become a spiritual director, I got to know him even more because I was given his some of his work uh, to help me learn about being a spiritual director. So I think a lot of his legacy has to do with... Um, helping people understand what it is to accompany someone else spiritually. Uh, But in terms of his books, the books I've worked on at least, it's just all about, you know, welcoming people into the friendship of God.
2: Beautiful. Father Jim? Yeah, well, I would say I knew him. uh, He was, for a time, my uh, Jesuit superior. He was provincial superior of the New England province of the Society of Jesus. And uh, he's very well known for, um, as Venita was saying, his spiritual writing. Uh, Bill was uh, trained as a psychologist uh, and then uh, became a great spiritual director and writer. And he also founded what was called the Center for Religious Development in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which trained just legions of spiritual directors. And so mainly known as a kind of Jesuit spiritual master. And his great insight, as Venita was saying, was, Uh, welcoming people into a friendship with God, you know, prayer as a personal relationship. And so for me, he had many roles. I mean, he was, in, 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 you know, towards the end of our life, his life, um, you know, we were friends, but he was a mentor for a long time. He was a superior. and But I think, you know, still for me, um, he was kind of a teacher, a spiritual teacher. And that's really what has stayed with me. And I I have to say, I don't think there's anyone that has influenced my prayer life as much as Bill's writing says.
0: Do you have um, uh, a certain memory that sticks in your mind, uh, either of an encounter with him, or maybe maybe uh, an encounter with something, some of his work?
2: Well, I'll, I'll tell you two. One uh, was being handed his great book, God and You, um, in as a novice. Well, excuse me, before I entered the novitiate, and um, it was it was just astounding to me uh, the idea that. God desired a relationship with you, the idea that prayer could be compared to a relationship with a friend. You know, all the things you say about a good friendship, you say about relationship with God. So that, that just uh, it's still I still think it's one of the greatest books on prayer ever written. Uh, and then a funny story. Um, when I was uh, going through my Jesuit training, uh, I was in East Africa for uh, two years and I came back in the, the province, i.e. Bill judged that I needed another year of training, you know, which was really frustrating at the time. And uh, I, I sort of accepted it grudgingly, but out of obedience. And then you're, and I ended up going to America magazine, which has you know, sort of become my, my vocation within a vocation. And years later, but only about 10 years ago, uh, I saw Bill at a province gathering. And I said to him, sort of very dramatically, like, you know, Bill, I just wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, looking back on that, you know, when you delayed me for theology, you were right. And I expected him to say, "Oh yes, you know." In retrospect, I I know I was right. And he said, "Oh yeah, I know I was right back then." <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. So that's one of my one of my sort of signal moments with Bill Barry. He was he was pretty yeah, he was a pretty confident guy. You know, he kind of he kind of knew who he was and knew what his talents were. So yeah.
0: That's good. If, if only we all could have that kind of confidence in our talents and, and our sense of self, right? <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Many
2: Jesuit superiors do.
0: <laughs> Fanita, how about you? What uh, what memory uh, sticks in your mind?
1: Well, there's no one memory, and I never got to meet him. I regret that. By the time I was in a position to really go visit him, his health was failing, and it wasn't it wasn't a good time for me to see him. Uh, but I'll all I can say really is that my interactions with him as his editor they were always really warm Um, he was gracious he was very grateful for the work I did on his books and I just I just had a sense of he's you know he was all about doing the work you know cooperating with God to do the work that he was given to do and I just really appreciated him as an author I mean, he would argue when he needed to argue, which I I want my authors to argue with me about a point if if I've got it wrong. And sometimes that happens. So, uh, you know, he was, he did have that confidence as an author, but he also was very humble um, and and, uh, was good to work with. And I just, I regret that I never got to meet him in person.
0: As, as you read um, any of his books, at least for me, I think you, you, you find that he, um, you, you hear that confidence in his voice, but also he, he feels very gentle um, and soft in his, in his yes. writing. Um, is there a story that, that might surprise a reader uh, that either of you have, um, who, who may expect that kind of um, demeanor, uh, but, but may, maybe he, you know, he carried on differently in, in, in real life, or, or surprised or shocked people, uh, something that we might not uh, expect reading this kind of very gentle spiritual book?
2: Yeah, I would say that, uh, and many Jesuits who know him and loved him say this. Uh, you know, his books were always very gentle and tender, and warm, and really very intimate. Uh, and he wasn't like that all the time in real life. That doesn't mean that he was duplicitous or in any way. But you know, he he you know he had a he had a personality. And what happened towards the end of his life, though, um, he had a, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this personal story. He had a bout with cancer. Mm-hmm uh I think during his provincial aid or, or right after he was provincial, I can't remember the year and it really kind of changed him a bit uh, and softened him a little bit and and that really and by the end of his life um, he was very, very tender and sweet He was never mean or anything but he was kind of crusty, you know uh, and really by the end of his life, I would say he totally matched that, that voice. That voice is so distinctive. And I mean, Mm -hmm. Vanita knows that voice. It's very direct. It's very clear. It tells stories. It's really intimate. But he wasn't always like that, (laughs) uh, you know, earlier. But towards the end of his life, I would say he was. He definitely was. And he would write me the most beautiful emails and just sweet. You know, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. I read this. I read that. And he really was beloved and uh and you know look even if you're kind of crusty and a little curmudgeonly you can still be a spiritual master and a spiritual a good spiritual director
0: i think we can all be a little crusty and curmudgeonly at times right i wonder though as, as you're as you're speaking Father Jim, um you know i he sounds like he kind of lived into the writing voice that he he always had in some ways and, and i as i I wonder for, for writers, and this is a question for both of you, as you think about writing almost as prayer, right, as a spiritual practice, um, and you're kind of having uh, something reflected back at you, and the Holy Spirit is kind of speaking back to you, uh, inviting you deeper into into relationship with God, into your relationship with self. Um, do you, have you learned anything from Father Barry's writing, his practice of writing in, sp- in particular, that either of you um, kind of carry with you or, or um, um, kind of, you know, think about honing as far as the craft of writing goes. Danita, what do you think?
1: Well, um, I, you know, one thing that happened with Father Berry's books, the, the ones that I worked on, I worked on several of them, is that, well, number one, he was always reading more stuff, you know, even in this last book in the very like the last chapter he had to put in like two or three paragraphs because he had just read someone and i don't even think it was published yet i think it was some scholarly theological uh, paper that had really impressed him so he was always getting more information he was always learning uh... and trying to apply what he learned to what he was writing and that really impressed me because when you've had a long life you know like his life It would be easy to think, you know, I've kind of seen it all. (laughs) I've read it all. Um, But he wasn't like that. He had that humility and that curiosity to keep learning and keep reading. And he also understood, I mean, he knew that he tended to go back to the same theme in, in all of his books, Friendship with God. But he understood that part of what his calling, I think, was to look at that in many, many different ways. And so each book is quite different, uh, in that, you know, it's a different facet of what it means to be in friendship with God. You know, one of his books uh was is called Praying the Truth, and it's really a powerful little book on being honest with God in your prayer, being honest with yourself and praying about absolutely anything that's going on in your life. Uh, and he gives really good examples to, to free people to pray that way. Um, and another book is uh, Changed Heart, Changed World. And it has to do with how friendship with God should naturally lead to us living out, uh, you know, social justice and compassion and all of those kinds of qualities in the world, actually making the world a better place. Um, so, you know, he lived with, with his themes in such a way that he would just kept exploring it more and more and to him i think every book was a new experience in his relationship with god which i just find incredible that you know every and, and he just kept writing you know he kept he'd said like for the last three books this is my last book and uh and we just kind of joked you know he's going to keep writing the last book for another 10 years but he um But he had learned how to deal with the topic that was close to his heart in such a way that he never he never got tired of exploring okay what does it really mean to be in friendship with God and there's a tenacity there and I think there's a spiritual discipline involved in staying with a topic that is key to your own life and I think each of us has you know what you would call a charism You know, there are certain aspects of our life that we keep going back to, and those are the aspects that really minister to other people. And I think the world often tempts us to expand, you know, and become an expert in five or 10 or 15 different things over a lifetime. And often the Holy Spirit is saying, wait, I've given you two or three things here. I'd like you to sit with it again. Yeah, Vanita, I'd like you to write on this one more time and pay attention because i'm still teaching you um, and i think that's something that father barry figured out and that i hope to learn from because i tend to want to you know become a voice of authority on many things because you know while i'm getting older now people should you know listen to me because i know things and you know that pride just always is creeping in. i think writers have particular um temptations when it comes to pride because we want to be heard we want to be respected we want our books to sell well you know there are all of these little temptations and i just didn't i i never felt that that was really creeping in uh with with uh, father barry i just felt like he was he says this is my thing this is what god has given me and i'm going to just keep working with it and keep working with it um so you know there's a lot to learn there and there's a lot to be encouraged by in his example
2: yeah and as vanita was saying he was very humble i mean in a lot of his books oh, as yeah. Venita knows um he'll say oh i i want to thank the people who come to me for spiritual direction or the jesuits who are in my care or and it's he's always learning I, I think one of the things to to remind people of is the great influence he had on spiritual direction in this country in general in the post-vatican ii era that turned towards the the director and the directee that turned towards um you know individualized retreats instead of preach retreats and group retreats and he had a huge influence on that in a very subtle way right he wasn't in any sort of official position but people read that great book the practice of spiritual direction which he wrote that vanita was talking about and so that that attitude of you can do it, it's, it's well within your grasp. You know, you can see a spiritual director. This is what spiritual direction is. It's not just for monks, you know, or priests or brothers or sisters. And that found its way into his books, into his style, I would think. I mean, I, I really, I've really, I've been thinking about this since his death. I think I've kind of internalized his style about writing on spiritual topics, which is, I would say, very clear, very simple, very down to earth, lots of examples, and even examples, um, you know, I certainly emulate him on this, even examples from people who come to him from direction, which I got from him, basically. So he would say, and, you know, he would obviously, you know, uh, disguise the people as I always do. But he would say, you know, so-and-so came to me and she had this problem and we talked about it. This is what happened. It's so helpful for people. Instead of talking about prayers, you see in most spirit, many spiritual books, really in the abstract, you know, when God touches you, you will feel this, or when you pray, you will, people say, what are you talking about? And so I, I feel like, and I, I put a lot of this in my book, um, learning to pray. Um, and I feel that I got that from Bill, you know, that, that it can be simple. It's for everybody. And to tell stories about not only yourself, but even your directees, if, you know, if you disguise them enough, is super helpful. I mean, I, I, I think almost every one of Bill's books has stories from directees, and and as you were saying, vanita he learned and he's learning from them because you know the spirit is inexhaustible. He's he's always learning something new, and I I found it really charming too that he would always there would be something new in every book. Oh, I I'm working with a homeless man now, or I I read this article, or I I met this group of sisters, or and you could tell he was he was always fresh, and I think that kept him not only alive, intellectually and spiritually. Um, But I think it made him a really powerful writer. It wasn't just the same old stuff over and over again.
0: Yeah. I wonder if people ever get nervous to be one of his directees, if they might might show up in a book. (laughs) Uh, Well, well,
2: there was a joke among the Jesuits that that was the case. But I I tell you, um, I had two Jesuit uh, uh, scholastics, that is guys who were in training, who who see me for direction. And they went off, I guess it was two summers ago, and they said they're going to have their, their annual retreat. And I said, who's your director? And he, they said, Bill Barry. And I said, oh, I think you'll be fine. And they came back and they told me it was really surprising because his direction, which many people agree with, uh, is was very simple. It was all pared down to the basics. Like, okay, here's what I hear. This is what it sounds like the spirit is doing. Now go here. It wasn't a lot of talking. and It wasn't a lot about himself. And... It was just pared down to the essentials. And I think for me as a director, I just, when I heard my directees were having direction from Bill Berry, I said, I just felt so comfortable, you know, going to the master.
0: The, the similarities listening to both of you in, um, uh, kind of editing and writing and editing and spirituality. You know, you always want to pare down your writing to, to what's the real nugget here. And that's that sounds like similar in, in spiritual direction, spirituality. You want to, you know, what what is what God is trying to say to us, you know, most simply and directly. Uh, Father Jim, so y- you mentioned your your latest book, Learning to Pray. Um, and I know you had devoted an entire chapter to Father Barry's insights. So I wonder how if you could sp- share some more reflection on on how you. Um, your prayer life has changed as a result of Father Barry's work, and how you know, what newness do you find when you return to his his work for your own prayer?
2: Well, yeah, and first of all, the insight is basically that prayer can be compared to a relationship with a friend. It's not the perfect analogy. And what does that mean? And I, I've tried to sort of pull that out a little bit in some of my books, um, that everything you can say about a good friendship, it requires time, it requires honesty, it requires an openness to change, it requires ability to be silent, it requires you know all these things you can say about your relationship with God. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that's helped me is not just that idea that God desires a relationship with us, right? I mean, that that is such a key Bill Berry insight, right? And it's a Christian insight, but it's one that Bill brought to the fore. God wants to be in relationship with you, but that you can, in a sense, diagnose some of the problems with your spiritual life by comparing them to a friendship. So for example, if I'm feeling, to, to quote another uh, author Richard Leonard, a Jesuit uh, priest who is a good friend, he has this great line, "If God feels distant, guess who moved. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, for example, if I feel dis- if I feel distant from God, how, how much time am I giving to prayer? You know how open am I to change? Am I listening right? or part of being in a friendship is listening. I mean that means listening to what comes up in prayer but also to your daily life. Am I really following what God wants me to do as a friend? So I think what's what it has helped me to do, that insight, is not only be comfortable with the idea of entering into a relationship with God and God wanting to enter into a relationship with me and everybody else, but that idea of being able to diagnose it uh, through that through that great analogy that seems so simple, but really I think that Bill developed in a way that no other writer has developed it. You know, and as Vanita was saying, you know, it's a kind of um Jesuits talk about repetitia, repetition in prayer, going back. And, and it, it was a kind of deepening, you know, at each book, deepening of that key insight, which you you have to keep learning over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and certainly, you know, any friendship, there's, there's always more to discover. There's always mm-hmm. you know, a deepening sense to it. And, and, and how much truer of that, you know, is, is of God. Vanita, I, uh, you, you've, you talk about, you know, editing and, and spirituality and, and you intermingle the two in, in such a beautiful way. I wonder if you could share some reflections on how you go about or went about accompanying um, Father Barry in editing his work.
1: Well, there really wasn't a lot to it, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, his his writing is is very simple and straightforward. Um, like every author, you know, he had his author ticks. Everybody who writes has them. You know, phrases we use too many times, and you know, so it's a kind of repetition thing that um, I would trim those things out um, occasionally. You know, switch the order of a pair of paragraphs, but. Um, mainly uh, as his editor I needed to really read as a reader, you know, not an editor, but I needed to read it as a potential reader and just notice places that maybe something wasn't quite as clear. Um, And I would send back a bunch of questions and he'd answer them and it really was some of the easiest editing I've had uh, just because he respected the process but also he had already worked through this material so much in his own life you know so often what editors have to deal with with especially newer writers is that they're writing something they haven't known that long you know and they're writing out of this out of this uh, enthusiasm of something they've discovered but that means that they haven't lived with it a long time and so they haven't really done the refining in their own thinking to make it work on a page yet. And uh and you know, I didn't have to deal with any of that with Father Bill because this is stuff he had already lived with, he'd prayed through it, he'd refined it in his own mind. So the editing I had to do was just simple fixing a sentence here and there or asking for clarification. Getting rid of repetition. I, you know, there was quite a bit of repetition, but that's just or that's normal. That's just normal for editing. Um, but I think it was, you know, it's really important. I, especially for spiritual writing, that the editor read it as a recipient hmm. first, and not just as the editor, because um, it's very easy to get into an editorial mode where you're wanting to arrange things on the page in the most logical way you can think of and you forget that no this is this is a message from a person to other people and um, because father Berry had already worked so much with what he was writing about it really was pretty you know it was pretty simple to do the the edits were not difficult uh sometimes they were difficult to read for personal reasons cuz i'd come to a part and i'd say yikes you know <laughs> <laughs> i need to listen to this <laughs> i need to stop editing and pray over this for a minute uh but you know it was it was straightforward uh for the most part because uh he was writing things that he had learned and worked with for a long time. And that makes a big difference.
0: What do you think for you, Vanita, was um, the most important insight from from this latest of his books?
1: You know, I love working on this latest book. Um, and it was, you know, it was poignant because we all knew that he was nearing the end of his life for, for real this time. And because um, he always thought that he was always afraid that he'd be dead before the book came out That's for like the last <laughs> the last three books he did uh, but this last time we knew that we were kind of racing to to get it done and it was just it was such a beautiful book to be his last book because I think uh, what he's saying in this book is that there is a story arc to the human experience throughout history and that God has been active in that story, and we are invited to participate in our own story, cooperating with God, partnering with divine love, and through our circumstances, gifts, personality, desires, opportunities, we can help God bring about the world as it was meant to be. You know, there's this grand story of the universe and of humanity in that universe, and we are invited to be intentional, very active participants and, you know, major characters in that story. And um, I just thought it was a, a wonderful theme for his final book.
0: Mm-hmm. How about for you, Father Jim? What was the, the most impactful insight?
2: I, I found, um, yes, the idea that we participate in the story, which is that is a new thing for him. That's a new that was a new shift i think that that framing of it uh, i think what was most powerful about this book is and i think this this happened over the course of several books is he ended up putting more and more stories in the books um and i think this is the book with the most stories and so in a sense it also kind of demonstrates his trust in the story in in god's um sort of narrative that god speaks you know which is us you know god speaks this word or this story and the story is us and the story is most fully spoken in in jesus right Um, which was god's story in a sense in the world uh and so i thought it was really beautiful that the book itself in a very subtle way showed the value of story by repeating all these beautiful stories and i was never uninterested in any story that he told every time he said i have the story to tell you about this person i met or this person who came to production they were like little parables. Uh, and so to, to trust that, um, I, I, I was also just moved to, <clears throat> excuse me, just to know that this was his final book after having been his friend for so long and his, you know, uh, his, uh, him as my superior, uh, for so long. And it was very touching that way. And I thought, well, good for you, you know, for even doing this, this is the kind of what I want to be doing this at, you know, at age 90 or whatever, and, you know, still sort of turning this stuff out. And, and he had really had some serious health issues towards the end. You know, he'd fallen and I think he'd broken his neck. And it was just awful. But there he was in that same simple, lucid style. Um, and, you know, the very sweet man that he, you know, he, as I said, he completely melded with his prose,
0: you know, by the end of his
2: life. So it was just it was very touching for me to read it.
0: How do you think Father Barry's um contribution to Ignatian spirituality, um, as a, as a practice, as a history, as a story, uh, will be remembered as we're, as we're talking about this in, in, you know, 10, 15, 50 years?
2: I would say a couple things. I think first, the emphasis on friendship with God is just, that's, that's just key to understand him. And I think that has, I think the thing is, he, he ended up training so many people. Um, that's the second way through the Center for Religious Development that it's hard to even gauge it because so many people trained at CRD or trained at Eastern Point Retreat House or Campion Center in Weston. So, you know, they were kind of not gurus. He, he hated the idea of being a guru. But those ideas were so foundational for so many spiritual directors that it kind of pervades the culture. Uh, and I would say finally, um, you know, in in his book, The Practice of Spiritual Direction, which is, you know, still being used. I'll tell you a funny story. I, um, I, I did a, a a, a spiritual direction seminar at a retreat house that will remain nameless. And one of the um, sort of uh, ways of directing the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius, there's kind of two ways I would say. One is to, well you would say, wait for the graces, which is that you, as you accompany the person along the weeks of the exercises, you sort of wait for the grace to come and you, you, you're, you're with the person. And so the so-called first week could take two weeks, right, until the person waits for the grace. There are other places, including this one place where I happened to train for a while, that did not do that. And it's, you know, if this is day one, then you're praying this. If this is day two, you're praying this. If this is week two, you know. And I remember at the very beginning, um, the person who was directing this two-week seminar said, well, for those of you who have studied (laughs) at the Center for Religious Development or under Bill Berry, this is not our way. You know, and in other words, kind of, sort of acknowledging that this was a whole kind of school of thought. His, his way of kind of approaching the exercises, which is the way I do it, frankly, um, was, was, was not their way. In other words, acknowledging his influence, right? I'm not saying that this is, this is wrong or anything, but just saying we do this a different way. So I, I think it's kind of touching, and, and in his humility, I think it would be hard to sort of put your finger on how much he influenced people Because it was through his direction, his leadership, his books, and yet I think it's everywhere. So when I talk to people about spirituality, uh, Christian spirituality, especially judgment spirituality, they're using terms that he used first, and they're using insights that I would say he didn't originate. I mean, most of them come from Ignatius and other spiritual writers, but that he really popularized after the Second Vatican Council. And there's no, you know, there's no William A. Barry University or college or institute, and there's. And, and it's, 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 so it's very subtle, I would say, but I see it everywhere. I really do. But I would say mainly it's friendship with God, which, which is so uh, sort of obvious that people say, well, of course, well, you say, of course, because a lot of it's the work of Bill Berry.
0: Right. How about you, Vanita? What, what do you think, uh, where are people building upon his work? What have you seen?
1: Well, I just think his books are going to be around a long time because they speak to this foundational need we have to feel safe with God.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, as a spiritual director, I feel that it is my responsibility to create a very safe place for the other person. And Father Barry, safety is all around what he writes. And I agree with Father Jim. The fact that so many people even use that term friendship with God is an indication of just how far flung his influence has been. Because you know I was raised an evangelical, and so this personal relationship with Jesus was all I heard about growing up. However, the friendship with God part was never part of that, and so even evangelicals who are in spiritual direction today, to them, friendship with God is a different concept from this. Oh, Jesus, He's my friend. You know, Um, so I I just think it's going to go on and on, uh, and. you know, through people been trained uh, by him, by the institute. Uh, I think that spiritual directors, priests, pastors, counselors—they're all going to build on his work. Um, and yeah, I just—I'm mainly acquainted with with his books, but I do know that he's had much more influence than people will ever realize
0: last question as, as you guys think about, um, kind of even beyond his impact, I'm thinking about the spiritual writing in the Ignatian tradition. What what do you think comes next? What are, what are the frontiers that, that, uh, are, you know, have yet to be explored, um, or, or the, the, you know, kinds of stories that have yet to be told, um, that you're hoping to see or expecting to see in the next, you know, five or so years?
1: Well, I'm going to jump in early on this. I think it's already, we're already going there. Um, to the critical issues that we're facing here and now. You know, thanks to Father Jim's, I think it was a tweet a couple days ago. I've just ordered the book, The Spiritual Work of Racial Justice by Patrick St. John. Um, uh, we really, really need Ignatian spirituality applied to the racial situation we have all over the world, but particularly here in the United States. Um, Father Jim's own book, Building a Bridge, I mean, he and others are now uh reaching out to the LGBT community in ways that just have never happened before. Uh, you know, that is down to Ignatian spirituality. I, you know, Ignatius would want all priests and all followers of Jesus to be where the pain is. You know? And we are already getting to some of those places. We have we still have a ways to go, but Uh, Thanks to Father Jim um, and others, you know, we're already reaching a lot of that. And then even podcasts, such as what you're doing, the the kind of work you do. Um, I think social media is just going to keep exploding with the kinds of things that can help people where they are. Um, And Loyola Press, my company, we're, we're doing more and more children's books that are quite Ignatian uh... and that are going to those you know social justice issues um, we just published something called ten hidden heroes by mark shriver to help kids pay attention to the heroes that are in their lives everyday heroes um, god is in the silence is essentially a meditation book for children it helps them meditate um, oh and then we did one on racial justice and i can't remember the um Oh, everyone belongs is about welcoming neighbors who have a different skin color, you know. So even in our children's books, we're we're trying to go to those places where people are hurting. I'll leave it to you now, Jim. You can finish this out.
2: <laughs> well, I no, I really like those areas. Um, I'd also say that the uh, mm. sort of, in in a sense, more generally, uh, when Bill was writing, you know, at the beginning in the seventies and eighties, you know, so sort the of post-Vatican II. Um, people had a different idea of church, right? And, um, you know, things have become much much more secularized after the sex abuse crisis and other crises, people leave and it's a different world. And so I think one of the questions is, you know, when Bill was writing, there were, you know, lots of Catholic retreat houses and, you know, parishes were still vibrant. And of course, parishes are still vibrant today. There's still Catholic retreat houses, but it's a different world. And so, how do you reach people with those same ideas and those same invitations? And how do you enable people? I love that word, Vanita, safe." How do you enable people to feel safe in a time when they don't feel that the church is safe for them, for a number of reasons? Um, in a time when they don't want, they don't care about the church, they don't, they feel like God is judging them. They hear all these terrible things from Catholic and Christian leaders about, you know, just you know how rejected they are. And and frankly, um, when they don't have as, they don't feel like they have as much time. Right. How do you get people who are, you know, also addicted to their phones? And so there's a whole lot of challenges I find that 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 I think are just different from even when I entered the Jesuits in 1988. I'll tell you a quick story. When when I entered the first retreat that I did, um, uh, it was silent, as you know, most retreats are. And that was it. You went to the retreat house. And if someone wanted to reach you, they could reach you two ways. They could leave a message. On the phone at the receptionist of the retreat house, and you might get it the next day if you were lucky, or they would write you a note, right? And and now when you go to retreat houses, you have to almost get down on your hands and knees and beg people not to look at their phones and not to and they can't, and that's that's a big change, not just in terms of retreat ministry, but just in terms of the way people live their lives, right? And so I think that's that's a really important uh, frontier. How do we reach people in that way? You know, you imagine like Jesus going up to the disciples on at the Sea of Galilee and they're like their faces are on their phones. <laughs> they don't even want to look up, you know, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And they're like, what? Sorry, I'm, I'm I got to hold on a second. I'll send you a text message. Um, so that's that's a new challenge. And I, I think, you know, had he lived longer, he would have, you know, really been all over that. Uh, so so that I think so in addition to the really important. Topics and the specific areas that Benita talking about. I think this so the, so the cultural change of lack of attention, uh, antipathy towards organized religion, uh, and then just uh, people feeling busier. How do you how do you develop a friendship with God in that world as well?
0: Yeah, good good questions to to ponder. Uh, just closing remarks. Uh, if you each were to recommend one book, Ignatian spirituality, uh, to, for readers to go get, and it can't be a book you've written, it has to be a different book. Um, what would uh, what would you recommend for folks?
2: You know, uh, well, don't laugh, but I mean, Bill Barry wrote a couple books on Ignatian spirituality. What we well call Contemplatives in Action. That's that's really wonderful. Um, but I, I have to say, I know I go back to this all the time. Uh, I, I just I think God in You is just stunning. And I I would recommend God and You as as a way to start. I always say to people that that's the starting point for a Bill Berry kind of tutorial, and then move on to all the wonderful books that Loyola did, which are really, they need to be taken together. So I'd start with, if you want Ignatian spirituality, try Contemplatives in Action by by Bill Berry. And if you want to start off with Bill Berry um, per se, start with God and You.
0: Vanita,
1: what'd you say? Oh, I always draw a blank when I get a question like this because I've read so many books and edited so many. Uh, so I was gonna, I'm gonna stick with Barry's books for now. And a friendship like no other is a great introduction mm-hmm. to what it means to be friends with God. Um, uh, Perfect. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll just drop a link to all of the Loyola Press books in the uh, in the show notes. Well Father Jim and Vanita, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your reflections. And uh, we hope you'll you'll come back again soon. My pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you. This is great. I enjoyed talking about one of my favorite authors. Me
0: too. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. The show is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Mike Jordan-Lasky, Megan Leepsch, Becky Sindelar, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits online at Jesuits.org, on Twitter at @jesuitnews, Jesuit News, on Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and at Facebook, facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with a Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.